Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to your Wednesday, February 3rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is game day once again. It'll be the Flyers and the Bruins as the Flyers' homestand continues. Game three of the four-game homestand, games one and two, were Saturday-Sunday against the New York Islanders, both overtime Flyer wins, and uh, games three and four will both be against the Boston Bruins, who the Flyers last saw uh, on January 21st and 23rd. Uh, The Flyers lost the first game of that uh, two-game set, 5-4 in the shootout, and then they lost the second game of that uh, two-game set, 6-1. Since then, the Boston Bruins played two with Pittsburgh. They won one in overtime, won the other 4-1 in regulation, lost in overtime uh, to Washington, and then beat the Capitals in their last game, 5-3. And this game, in essence, tonight is for first place in the East Division. Boston is just a point back of the Flyers right now uh, through 10 games. Boston's actually only played nine games. Flyers have played 10. Flyers uh, come into this game 7-2-1 and one in the top spot in the division. Uh, they're tied in points with the Washington Capitals. Each have played 10 games, but the Flyers have more regulation and overtime wins. The Caps are 6-1-3 and three on the season. And then in that third spot is the Bruins with nine points, and they are 6-1-2. and two. Only one loss in regulation so far this season. They have the highest... Uh, plus goal differential in the division as well. After struggling to start to score to start the season, uh, they really found uh, their rhythm in putting the puck in the net, and they got a key player back in their last game. Uh, Pasta is back on the menu. David Pasternak uh, returned for that game, the 5-3 win over the Washington Capitals, and he had two goals in the game. So he will be back at it uh, and playing for the Boston Bruins as they visit the Wells Fargo Center tonight. But the feature of this episode is Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher. I had a chance to catch up with Chuck yesterday, and here's the conversation. Uh, Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, the Flyers president of hockey operations and general manager Chuck Fletcher. Chuck, how are we? I'm doing well, Jason. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, It's so great that hockey season's back and and just kind of going through the grind of it. I know it's different for you guys with with the protocols and everything, but it does feel good to be back, right? Uh, It feels great. I I mean, it's different. Let's let's be honest. It's... uh, it's a lot more fun to, to play in front of a building full of, of rowdy fans. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I like Brent Flair and Barry Hanrahan, but those are the two people I see at every game. You know, it's, it's nice to be great to have some fans in there. But, you know, I, I think we're all starting to adjust to the new normal. And, you know, if the choice is to uh, to play with no fans or, or not play, I think everybody recognizes it's better to at least play and, and uh try to compete for Stanley cup and, and, uh, you know, the way the world is right now, there's no complaints We're uh, you know, we're getting a chance to do, do what we want to do. And, and, uh, hopefully in a, in a few months we can get some folks back in the building and, and, uh, have some kind of playoff run in, in front of, in front of some fans. And all while providing people the entertainment as well. Um, Chuck, normally, you know, you'd be about the 10 game mark when, when you're 10 games into a season with training camp and exhibition games and everything. And, You'd be about two, maybe two to four games into a regular season. Now, we've seen a lot of erratic play around the entire league. Teams that look really good one night and the next night, it's like, whoa. Um, is this about when we could start seeing what teams really are this season around this 10 to 15 game mark? I think so. Um, you know, I think typically the month of October, even after a normal three week training camp where you've had, you know, four to six preseason games. And in the the month of October, they, you know, the games can be sloppy. There's a lot of inconsistency, but, you know, not, not only has there been a shortened camp this year for everybody, but there just hasn't been a lot of practice time. I know we've already had two sequences of four games and six nights. The days in between those games are often recovery days or rest days or travel days. So, 
you know, not only did you not have much of a training camp, you, you haven't had a lot of practice time. And so you're, you're teaching by video, you're mainly just playing games and then recovering. So as a result, I think system play is probably not where, uh, where teams want it to be or coaches want it to be. The structure probably isn't as tight as what it will be after guys get some more reps. But, you know, the flip side of that is there's been, I think, a lot of exciting games, uh, lots of chances, uh, lead, lead changes, um, you know, because there's more mistakes by both teams or you don't know what to expect from, from minute to minute and shift to shift. So, uh, you know, there's good and bad to it, um, but it, it is what it is. And, and, and again, everyone's doing the best they can. And, and I think as you get through the next couple of weeks, your teams will start to find their way. And uh, I'm sure what normally happens is the, the defense gets better and there's there's fewer chances and games tighten up a little bit. So, um, I guess enjoy some of the offense now because of things will probably tighten up league wide as we as we move forward. Yeah, I've stressed that a few times in the beginning of every season. It's like, oh, look, goal scoring's up, and then you know December and January come and things fall back to their their median number. I watched an '80s hockey game the other night between the Edmonton Oilers and uh, with an eight-five game. It was crazy. It was like watching you know the early '80s and Gretzky and seeing six points uh, out of players. But um, I, I know sure. the process for you guys. You know, I keep using the term the process hasn't equaled the result, um, even though the process hasn't been there for you guys. The, the results have been good. Ten games in 19 days, a 7-2-1 and one record. And I've always been a firm believer that good teams find ways to win when they're not playing at their best and bad teams find ways to lose when they are playing at their best. What does that say about you guys with the record, even though the process isn't there? Well, we have good players. I, I mean, we're a good hockey team. Uh, we're not a great hockey team right now, but we're – we're a good hockey team. I think we're, you, you know, every night it's something different. I guess every night it seems like we're missing something, but yet every night we also have something. And, and by that, I mean, you, you know, you, you look at the first Islander game, for example, the first period, we were really good. We get a lead the second and the third period. They really outplayed us. We, we weren't able to get out of our zone. Uh, they made us defend for two whole periods. Uh, but I'll say this, we defended really well. Now, we had to defend all the time. That defeats the purpose. But we were able to keep them to two goals. We were able to get it to overtime. And then we dominated overtime, and we, we won a game. So you look at that, our transition game wasn't good. Our forecheck was non-existent. We didn't create enough chances. But we defended really well. Our PK was really good. And when we got to 3-3 overtime, we, we outchanced them, outshot them, and won the game. So, you know, every night, we I guess we bend, but we don't break. We there's elements that aren't good, but somebody steps up, whether it's our goaltending or power play or penalty killing, or somebody makes a great play. Or And uh, so I, I think our record's probably a testament to our talent level. Um, but as we go forward and teams start to tighten up, we're going to have to clean some things up. Uh, we're not going to be able to keep winning the way we're winning. Uh, the good news is I think our, everybody in the organization understands that we're not fooled by a record. We're very happy about it, but we're not fooled by it. So uh, we'll get better, and uh, we'll make adjustments, and, and we'll need to. Uh, you know, starting this week, the Bruins twice, and then the, the Capitals twice. And you know, if if we don't uh, play a little bit better, and a little, we're not a little bit sharper in our details, uh, those will be tough games to win. I, I said in yesterday's episode, the best news through ten games may be that you're seven two on one, and you have that record without Sean Couturier, who's played a game and, and two shifts, just over 20 minutes of ice time on the season. He's not a guy that you can just plug another guy in that, that checks those boxes. I mean, so many great 200-foot player can outscore top lines while shutting them down. Penalty kill, power play, all those things. Um, any update on Sean Couturier South? I know you, uh, Elaine Vigneault said a few days ago, maybe weeks. 
Yeah, no, I, I think he's, uh, I, I don't actually have the exact deadline. Again, it's not day-to-day. I don't think he's going to play tomorrow or Friday or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think seven to ten days is a possibility. Uh, he's definitely improved. I watched him skate today, skated for a long time. He's been working on his conditioning, so he's 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 getting that back. He's handling the puck. He's shooting the puck. Um, you know, he's not 100% yet, but he, he's uh, dramatically improved. And, you know, he's our best player. Uh, that's that's our reality. Uh, he's one of our best offensive players. He's clearly our best defensive forward. There's not any part of the game that he doesn't impact in a, in a positive manner. So getting him back uh, will be important. Um, the one thing, I guess, long-term, the good thing about not having him, though, is we've had to play some different players. And, and uh, for example, a kid like Connor Bunneman, we've been able to get him back in the lineup now and, uh, with the injury to Sean Couturier and then to Morgan Frost. Uh, that created opportunity for Connor Bunneman, and he's he's given us uh, some tremendous hockey, and it uh, looks like we may have the ability to put a fourth line together that can, uh, you know, grind down the other teams and 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 uh, get some uh, puck possession time for us, and and give us another element, a, a big heavy element that we've probably been missing. So, you know, there's uh, even though it's been tough not having them, in, in the long run, um, you know, I think we've been able to learn some things about our group. Uh, I mean, that line's been so good. Elaine Vigneault really leaned on him in the third period the other night as well. Um, you get to, you get Phil Myers back uh, from the injury, the the rib issue. What, what a brutal injury that is. You can't even, if you sneeze, you're, you're in hell. Uh, but he comes back, and I was so impressed with his play on Saturday and Sunday, but in particular Sunday. His pinches, when you guys get in on that forecheck to be able to seal the wall and those things. And, and then the skating on a player like Phil too, Chuck, it looks like he might be out of a play, and I feel like I'm watching a video game where he's on two times speed and everybody else is on one time. Um, he looks really good in his return, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks great, and and I, I really like that pairing with with uh, Travis Sandheim, and mm-hmm. they defend so well. And and I think last game uh, we didn't give them one offensive zone start. Every every time we put them on the ice, it was it was a defensive zone faceoff or a neutral zone faceoff, and usually against. Uh, a top line. So they, they get tough matchups, tough assignments. And, and generally speaking at the end of a shift, when they're out there, we're, we're usually in a much better position than, than what we initially gave them. So they, they help our team. They defend, uh, they move the puck. Uh, they both can shoot the puck and, uh, you know, Phil's I think just around a hundred games now in, in the league counting playoffs, and give or take a few. And, and uh, there's still a learning curve there and there's still going to be some inconsistency as he continues to, grow his game and learn the league but uh boy i i not so i'm not sure he's had a more impactful game in the league so far than he had uh sunday against the islanders so that that's that's a good sign and and uh you know particularly losing niskin and to see phil continue to grow and take on a, even a bigger role this year is uh is really important for our hockey team yeah he's a bit of a unicorn too big guy can hit uh, has a big shot, right-handed, right shot T. Um, you just brought up Niskanen. I know you've been speaking with him. Uh, what have your conversations been like with Matt Niskanen? And I know you guys didn't terminate the contract. If he ever did change, have a change of heart, which maybe now is not that time, but uh, he would be welcome back, I assume. Yes, of course. And uh, but look, he, he's pretty, he's pretty adamant. He's he's happy with this decision. He's enjoying his family. He's been doing a lot of fishing and, and outdoor activities and. and northern minnesota and, and just enjoying time with his family and he played hockey for a long time and i think this is uh where he wants to be right now and and so we're certainly not harassing him but uh you know we've let him know that if he does change his mind we'd love to have him but 
he's been pretty clear that that uh, he's he's content and happy with this decision. And and you know what, that's a good thing. That's uh, that's what you want to hear. It's great when players can can exit the game when they want to exit the game and and be in a good place mentally. Um, you're filling that right side with Provorov right now with Shane Gostisbehere since he's returned. He's looked good, uh, especially considering, you know, out two weeks, had one practice, has gotten into games. Um, is, is that an area, though, that you could look uh, to solidify at the right time before the deadline if, you know, the right players become available at a reasonable cost? You never know. Uh, I, I've actually been happy with our defense. I think they played better than uh, what I expected them to play early on. I thought there'd be a little bit of a learning curve as we move bodies around and tried to see uh, where the fits would be and, and where they wouldn't be. Um, I, I think in particular, our, our, our forward group hasn't always been that helpful uh, to our defensemen or our goaltenders this year by giving up odd man rushes and turning pucks over and uh, uh, not helping out on the back check and losing battles on the wall. I think there's a whole nother level that a bunch of our forwards can get to in terms of their play away from the puck and even their play with the puck. But, Having said all that, we've asked a lot out of out of our defensemen and a lot out of our goaltenders so far. I think both of those groups have have held their own, in my opinion. And, and you know, we'll see. We'll see as we go forward um, if the group is deep enough. I, I think looking around our division, there's. I, I think we certainly have the talent back there to to compete with any group, but it's going to come down to performance and execution and fit. So, it's a long way uh, a long way of saying we'll. We'll certainly look at it, but uh, with the way Gossespierre has played and, with, and after Phil's last game in particular, there certainly are some reasons for, for optimism about the group, And, and uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll have to be honest uh, with our evaluation. In, in talking about the process, AV has said, you know, you got to get pucks behind their D, um, make, force the other team to go 200 feet. So much transition has been uh, a bit of the issue and allowing the other team to transition into the neutral zone very quickly. Um, you guys made the decision, or Elaine Vigneault made the decision to healthy scratch Travis Konechny. Um, what, what does that scratching of a player that's off to a st- statistical good start say to the entire group? Well, it, you know, it, it, it's got to be about playing the right way. And uh, let, let's not kid ourselves. TK is uh, is a huge part of our present and our future. He's one of the one of the better young forwards in the league. And you know, there's there's a high standard for him. And and uh, you know, it, I think uh, last year he he played really well and really kind of took a step and emerged as as one of the top young forwards in the game. And I don't think his game in the bubble or his game this season has, has been at the same level. It's still at a good level. Let's not kid ourselves, but uh, but we're can we're not comparing TK to other players or, or comparing him to what uh, we think he can he can be. And uh, you know, and, and there's another level he can get to. There's another level several other players on our team can get to it, and uh, and they'll need to get to for, for not only for their game and for their career, but for us to be successful. So, uh, what I loved about TK though is he. Uh, he got back in on Sunday. He responded. I, I thought he moved his feet really well. I thought he was um, winning 50-50 battles. He was really pressuring the Islander defense and, and, and putting them into tough situations on the four check, which is which is the TK that we saw so much of last year. And he hit the post on, on a shot coming off the wing using his, uh, his speed. And I think he's only got 13 or 14 shots on goal this year in nine games. And he should be one of our leading shooters and goal scorers. And, you know, that's an element of this game that he's gotten away from as well. So, I, I mean, sometimes uh, these things happen. Um, he's a really good hockey player. He's a great kid. He cares. And I think he's going to have a big, big impact on the team this year and going forward. And, 
and he'll he'll get back to where he was, and 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 hopefully there's even another level beyond that. Yeah, sneaky good release from him too. Um, one, you Great know, release. The expectations on players, sometimes that comes with the contract they sign. JVR has got one of those contracts. And, Chuck, he's come into this season, and I've been so impressed. We've always known that he's got great hands in tight. Um, he's a good net front guy, and that's been kind of his hallmark. But I've seen a lot better play in the neutral zone. I've seen plays in the D zone. I saw him beat out an icing the other night, and then it turned into a goal. His ability to distribute the puck has been maybe more impressive than the three tipping goals that he has. Uh, what have you seen out of JVR this year? He just looks like he's really dialed in and his game is in a good place. Yeah, everything you just said, Jason. He, he's been our most consistent forward. Obviously, he leads our team in scoring, but I think his, he's shown a great two-way game. Um, he's created uh, offensively. He's uh, gotten to the net, to his office there on, on the power play in front of the net and, and been very impactful there, tipping pucks. Uh, you know, I think he's been effective in, in 50-50 puck battles. He's been good on the defensive zone wall. He's been aware defensively. And uh, I think he's, you know, his offensive game's at a high level, but his attention to detail's been outstanding. And I think, he, again, I, we, we've had other forwards that have had great games this year. Obviously, Konechny's had a hat-trick. Farabee's had some really good games. Uh, but I don't think anybody's been more consistently dialed in uh, every game this year than JVR. And, and that's great. He's one of our leaders. He's one of our veteran players, and it's great to see. Um, we saw a rarity in the NHL. Uh, we saw the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade for Patrick Lani. Rarely do you see two top-of-the-draft players, and actually in the same draft too, um, exchanged for each other. Uh, usually it's a package that goes for one of those types of players. Uh, when you when you look at the trade market and the way this season's worked, everybody's kind of in it right now and trying to figure out what they are. Uh, when do you expect that kind of logjam to, to unclog itself? It, does that happen at some point uh, in the next month or so, or is it really close to the deadline this year? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know how it's going to play out uh, because in a normal year you you get to the trade deadline around game 60, and uh, you know, you've had 60 games to try to get some separation in the standings and to get some clarity on your team. Uh, this year it's going to be closer to game 40, and uh, – you know, how many teams are going to be more than five points out of a playoff spot, uh, you know, if they're not already in a playoff spot uh, at game 40. So, I mean, I guess where, what I'm getting at is I, I'm not sure if there'll be as many sellers as there would be in some years, or uh, would you be able to make that, you know, if you're four or five points out, are you going to sell or are you going to keep trying to make the playoffs? And, and uh, you know, when you've had 60 games, you have a, usually you can create a little bit more separation in the standings. So, you know, between the condensed schedule and, and some of the different quarantine and, and COVID uh, protocols that we have to adhere to, and then even the expansion draft where, you know, you have to make sure you have the necessary pieces to expose. And, and uh, you know, there, there's different issues this year. So I'd kind of assume there'd be fewer trades. Um, but, you know, I think every team is, is preparing the same way and, uh, there's been more and more dialogue the last few days. Normally, everybody wants to no different than us. You want to get to you know ten games at least and try to figure out what you have before you start deciding what you need. But but uh, there's been a little bit more dialogue lately. But I, I'm curious. My my first hunch would be that there'd be fewer trades this year. But we'll we'll, we'll see. I guess <laughs> it's 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 been hard to predict so far. Yeah, just like our world. I mean, just when you expect something, it changes. Um, last thing for you, Chuck Nolan Patrick in the weekend games, he took a really hard hit. Um, and he was shaken up clearly, went to the bench, but he was out for his next shift. How important was him for him to go through that? 
Yeah, yeah. First of all, it wasn't his head or anything like that. It was uh, it was an upper body situation, but not. He just kind of got stung a bit there. Um, but I, I'm just really proud of Nolan in general. Um, you know, I think he's he's been uh, very reliable defensively so far this year. I think he he's had five points. Um, you know, he, he's missed close to 20 months. Uh, you know, from from when he played in the 18-19 season until the start of this year. And you know, there's no question. I, I don't think he's up to full speed yet with respect to his timing and, and, uh, and just, you know, trying to get the hands and, and the head and the feet all connected at, at high speed and, and, and uh, in these highly competitive games. So he's only going to get better and yet he's been pretty good. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, you know, he's taken some hits. He gets right back up. He, you know, he, he's here every day. Uh, he, he wants to play. He's excited to play and, Again, I think the results have been quite good, uh, especially considering the, the length of the layoff, and and they're only going to get better. So He's that's a tenacious player too. Yeah, tenacious he, with he the is. Puck. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I lied. I have one more question because I've been asked this a lot on social media, and you, you make a lot of moves. Uh, we call them, I guess, paper transactions, putting guys on the taxi squad and off the taxi squad on off days. C- can you explain real quick, without you know going crazy on it? Um, why do that? Because that banks cap space, doesn't it? Yes, we're just we're just banking cap space. And if you look around the league, uh, I think yesterday there were over 50 transactions in the NHL. Every team's doing the same thing. You're you're sending two players down to the taxi squad. You're calling two players up to up from the taxi squad to your NHL lineup. And we're all just trying to bank as much cap space as we can, so we have the flexibility to to do things if we need to do them later on. And um, you know, with the flat cap this year, I think it, uh, uh, more teams are squeezed. I think there's already 15 teams that have used the long-term injury uh, exemption to, to stay under the cap. And, uh, you know, we're, we're actually one of the, one of the better teams with cap space and, and yet we don't have much cap space. So yeah. it's, uh, everyone's tight and I think everyone's just doing what they can to, to bank it. So you'll, you'll see more of that, but you know, in a normal year, you'll have, maybe 10 to 20 transactions on a normal day this year it's been 40 to 50 on a daily basis so it's uh we're all doing the same things and, and there's a lot of movement it it's, uh, can't be easy for the nhl central registry to keep track of all of this yeah sir every nickel could end up mattering you never know uh when a potential deal could take place or, or anything going forward chuck we appreciate you doing this thanks uh 10 games in the books 46 to go uh it's going to be busy it's going to be hectic and we'll see what the next uh, block of 10 games has in store for us thanks for doing this and we'll talk soon yeah, thank you, Jason. Great to hear from Chuck Fletcher. And, uh, well, even though Matt Niskanen's mind's made up, people change their minds sometimes, don't they? <laughs> About playing hockey? Sure they do. You never know. Um, but I like the fact that Chuck Fletcher did not terminate the contract of, of Matt Niskanen and that uh, if he did decide to come back at some point, the door would be wide open. And I'm sure the Flyers would love if he walked through it because he was an integral part of last season and uh, a great stabilizing force back there on that blue line, on that top pairing, and especially with Ivan Provorov, that right shot, top pairing D-man. Uh, not the easiest thing to find, and they had that in Matt Niskanen. So thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. Flyers and the Bruins back at it at the Wells Fargo Center. We'll talk to you tomorrow in a reaction episode right here on Flyers Daily.